Hello, welcome to another McLaren Fans podcast. Um, this week we're joined by uh, Perry Brown. Hi, Perry. Hi, Andy. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, unfortunately, we're we're not joined by Sarah this week. She's still not well, and uh, we hope she's. We do know that she's at least on the mend, and hopefully she'll be back in time for the Australian race, just a couple of weeks' time. Um, and then, you know, um, however, she has sent us some notes, so we'll be going through some of those uh, as we go through as well. Um, yeah, Perry. So uh, let's talk about a couple of sort of maybe the, the the biggest controversy of the weekend to start with was actually before any of the racing sort of started. Um, you know, the, I guess the question is: Should we be in Saudi at all? Should we have an F one race there? Um, last year we decided not to do the podcast for Saudi um, because of uh, the human rights issues and this year even though we're doing the podcast we still want to state that you know our, the facts are still the same that um, you know there are there are human rights issues in that in that country which really should be addressed and we shouldn't really personally don't think we should be racing there because of them Um However, this year has added a couple of more things to that, which is track safety, which we kind of saw with um, the the Mick Schumacher crash and a few of the others, other drivers kind of saying, you know, this is the the most dangerous track we we race on. Um, And also the the safety of the actual event, given that there was a a terrorist attack very nearby. I do remember last year there was something similar happened you know, should we be going back to somewhere like that next year where the possibility of a terrorist attack or a driver getting really, really injured is quite high on the the possibilities? Absolutely not, really. Um, We all know why Formula One's racing there. Um, Stefano, you know, the questions were being raised before the weekend even begun. Stefano Domenicali, I think it was, said, well, we race in places like these to shine light on the, the things that are going wrong in that country. But you know, play, uh, um, series like Extreme E will go to somewhere where pollution is bad and they will actively help the pollution and clear it up and leave a lasting effect. I don't think Formula One did that in Saudi Arabia, if I'm honest. They've not shined a light on it. They've just taken, taken their money and said, thank you very much and promoted all their businesses. And um, yeah, as you say, you know, the question's being raised before we get there. And then the track itself, I think three, was it three drivers, if you include Mick, um, and two drivers from Formula 2 all being hospitalised from this track. It's yeah. very questionable track safety, even if you take away all the, uh, the the much bigger, bigger issues. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally, totally agree with what you're saying there. I think there's, you know, the... Yeah, you know, if they if they are going to come out and say, "Oh, we're we're racing here to you know sort of highlight some of these issues," then they should be doing that. Um, we all know how sort of uh, kind of hashtaggy the we racers one was in the end. It wasn't didn't really make much difference. I'm not seeing much of a change because of that, which is really really disappointing. Uh, either from F one uh, the FIA or or the teams, I'd love to see them come out and say, because of We Race as One, this is what's happened and this is what's changed. Maybe as fans, we should be challenging on that as well. 
Um, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's it's not a place that makes me feel good to watch or good to kind of feel that we're participating in. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully, you know, it won't be on the calendar too long. Um, unfortunately, as we all know, there are other places that will gladly take its place with probably just as bad problems and things like that. Um, let's move on um, to sort of the, the sort of racing side of things and the McLaren side of things. So, um, yeah, I think sort of for me, um, there's a couple of things that kind of st- stood out. Um, there was, you know, some some really good um, things from this weekend to take positives as a McLaren fan. Um, so we'll get into those. Um, one of the things that um, I quite liked seeing this weekend was that we, we seem to be getting a few drivers with this, uh, this sort of helmet cam uh, and their, their sort of view. Um, and it's really quite, uh, especially under the lights, it was quite good to see. Uh, however, once Crofty pointed out that you can see the driver's nose, <laughs> that's all I could see. That's all I could end up looking at. <laughs> I wasn't looking at what the driver was looking at. I was just saying, well, you can see Lando's nose all the time. <laughs> yeah, so I was looking at the, the inner lining of the, of the helmet more and <laughs> things like that. So, oh, look, looks like the one I've, I've got. Um, yeah, as, <laughs> so, as soon as they pointed it out. Um, but it's, uh, it's it's just a great, it's just about um, a, a great shot, isn't it? Looking out, as you say, at driver's eye level. And it stops Martin Brundle having to say, no, this, you know, the, the, the T cam, the, the one up, up above the yeah. driver saying, oh, this isn't realistic. They can see far too much from up here. Um, so it's it's much better than praising, than, uh, than destroying it and saying, no, you're not getting the real authentic um, view. And what what sort of amazed me is how little they can actually see, how it's, yes. it's, it's like peering through somebody's letterbox. Yes. <laughs> Literally. And it's just like, wow. Um, but you know that obviously these guys are, are, are incredibly skilled. Um, but it was it was good. So yes, definitely more of uh, helmet stroke nose cameras um, for me. I think it will be better when we get to someone that isn't a night race as well. Because I I think when I when it goes to those um, that, that helmet cam at the moment, there's a lot of glare. Yeah, of course the camera's picking up more than the eyes of the driver will. So I think we'll see when we get to um, to a few day races and it's a bit more natural light. Um, we might it might be even better. Which bring it on? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, what did you kind of think of? Sort of obviously that's that's, that's that, the race weekend itself. So we kind of start with quality um, and the free practices. I, I I kind of felt we started to make some progress. Um, from from where we were two weeks ago in Bahrain, if you if you take where we were in Bahrain testing, we've now had two races or two full race weekends where the car has run the full distance. Oh, given give or take what happened to Danny Rick, um, but that wasn't hopefully wasn't the the same issues that we had in Bahrain previously in the testing. Um, I've not seen anything about that. Was whether it was a PU sort of uh problem or anything else like that but certainly um you know we're getting that mileage and we're getting to understand it a little bit Uh, i still think there's some people out there that kind of expect us to magically flick a switch and jump right up the order and be challenging uh what seems to be sort of red bull and 
Um, uh, Ferrari at the minute being the top of the rankings. Um, it was interesting once again for me to see that the kind of slower teams on the grid were running Mercedes power units again. Well, yes. When I say interesting, I was like a bit good, to be honest, I think is the, is the word. <laughs> yes. Um, when you see all of the Mercedes-powered teams have stepped back together and likewise all the Ferrari teams have stepped forward, I do wonder whether that fuel change, you know, we sort of put that to one side because the aerodynamics are a big change. You, you know, that's the big new era change for 2022. But actually, that fuel change, I think, has had a, a much larger effect, um, it seems, so far on the running order. Um, time will obviously tell with that one. But yes, as you say, it was a lot more, a lot more positive. Um, my hopes going into qualifying were getting us both into the both, both cars into to Q2, I think, which is you've got to be realistic. And that's that's the thing. As you say, we get a lot of fans online that want us just to flick a switch and go faster and, and find a second. Like we're not already working hard as a team to to achieve exactly that. Um, so, yeah, we've got to be realistic. And, and as you say, we set, I set those goals as Q2. And we did that 11th and 12th um, before the, the penalty for Ricardo. And um, yeah, got, you've got to you've got to take that as a as a positive, a massive step from from Bahrain. Yeah, yeah, I, to- I totally agree. I think we did. I think we got the best out of the cars that we could have done in quality. Um, I, I think we were maybe slightly unlucky not to just sneak one into uh, into Q three, but it, you know, time will come. It will. Um, I think somebody put a stat that was our first. Um, that all last season we got at least one car into Q3. So, yeah, you know, but like you say, everything's mixed up. I mean, you know, when you start looking at Kevin Magnussen and Haas for a, a top six finish, you kind of start to think, right, you know, a, a lot a lot of things have changed here. And, you you, you know, it was a big, it's a big reset, um, which which is, to me, is great. I, you know, um, you know, everybody was chasing Mercedes, but well, that before the weekend, we'd get two cars ahead of Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Said, yeah. yeah we'll take- I mean, you know, if, if we've got problems, wow, Mercedes in fifteenth with Lewis Hamilton. I don't know whether it was just a setup or something like that, but yeah, certainly um, not <laughs> not the not the greatest weekend for Hamilton either. Um, however, under the race, um, we saw Lando score our first points of the season um and you know that's that's great to see um however being realistic um you know it was the track suiting us slightly better probably not functional improvements that we made or we probably have made some um but it's good to see us making sort of improvements on that side of it and getting some points um you know i kind of hope maybe creeping in at p10 or something like that, or a P9 and P10 finish would be uh, progress. So good to get those first points of the season on the board. Uh, I think did we do we get eight points for that, or was is it six points for that position? We're uh, in? P7, six. six, yeah. So you know that was that was great to see, and it kind of shows that 
you know, we, we're probably going to go to some tracks that really do suit us. You know, we might go to, um, let's say we go to Monza again. Um, and this is where I'm slightly worried. Like last year, we go to Monza, we got a track that suits our car, but then the PU isn't up to it. Yeah. And I think I also read somewhere at the weekend that are we, are we actually able to change any of the sort of power unit stuff? For the next couple of years, I don't know because Red Bull have said, "Oh, you know, we don't want to change it because we're now doing these Honda engines and now ours and stuff like that." Actually, that graphic annoyed me. I was said, "Oh, you know, that's uh, was it Red Bull Power Units first win in only its second ever race." And we're like, "It's a Honda engine. We all know it's a Honda engine. It's just got a different sticker on it." But yeah, the sponsorship deal is <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Tiger engines, they're Renault, really. Yeah, um, so I do think that we've made some improvements. We've got to have done because the car was on the track for the whole race and the race weekend and stuff. But yeah, certainly, um, I don't think there's going to be, like we said, that magic sort of switch that'll jump us high up the order. Um, but it was great to see us get points. I mean, what, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, we we know it's a new, new era, new package of rules um, and all of the cars are going to improve rapidly at the start we know we're starting on the back foot so to pick up points this early yes the track might have suited us but hopefully as time goes on we'll understand our car better and we'll get we'll get better as a result and we'll we'll be more competitive obviously we know the other teams are moving forward but um, it's that it's that trust in the team we know they're all working like incredibly hard to move up the order. Um, and I think back to 2015, 2016, the, the McConda years. And um, there was, I don't think there was that level of trust. I don't know if it was the same with you. We had the, the matrix, the, the, the leadership matrix, Martin Whitmarsh there. And I was always, they, they, they seemed to be um, looking more at the problems. Like, oh, it's Honda are the problem. Then Honda are firing back saying, no, it's your chassis is the problem. Rather yeah. than going, we're in this mess together. Let's come up with a solution. And I think we've changed massively as a team in those five and six years to this team now, which they, look, we're, we're quoted as saying 100 points down on downforce. What do we do about it? Let's, let's get some solutions on the car. And I, and I trust Andreas, I trust Zach, I trust this whole team to get us back to where we, we want them to be. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. I think... It's a, it is a very different team, and um, there's definitely some you know there's camaraderie between the team there. And um, you know, Sarah mentioned in her notes that she saw in the media pen after the race, Dan arrive and uh, Andreas joined in to con- congratulate Lando and stuff like that. So you can see that the morale is still good in the team. They're not all kind of shuffling around, going, "Oh, this is you know terrible." But yes, they might they might be disappointed, but um, you know, I think you're right. They're all focused on solving the issue whereas I felt during the McHonda years as we call them uh we have to get a t-shirt made with that on don't we um <laughs> we are, um there was a lot of finger pointing going on and um you know this time you, you can't just say oh it's the power you, you can't say oh it's the power unit yes it's down but other teams with that power unit are doing much better because yeah when we had Honda we were just the only team with it so we couldn't really compare um, but yeah, I think, you know, from 
sort of our point of view there. There's, you know, I think we're in a good place and a good way of working to solve these. It's just going to take most of this year. I think we'll be, by the time the summer break comes around, I think the order will be very different to what you're seeing now at the minute with the cars. I don't think we're going to jump up and kind of overtake Mercedes or sort of one of the top three teams, but I would expect us by then to be challenging the likes of Alpine and, um, you know, uh, Tor- uh, Alpha Tauri up there. <laughs> um, yeah, and, you know, making life a little bit difficult. But then I would probably see the same from Aston Martin happening and stuff like that. The, you know, the midfield is going to be even tighter than it's been for the last couple of years because I think we're all going to be very much on the same level. So, yeah, it's not going to just be a walk in the park. It could be very different, couldn't it? Yeah, but, uh, it's one of the things that, that sort of annoys me at the moment. Looking on, looking through Twitter, and as you say, Mercedes are down. They're very much in the, the midfield or just in their own little class in between midfield and, and the uh, the top two teams. They're about six to seven tenths of a second off per lap, and everyone's like, "Yeah, they'll they'll get it together because they're Mercedes." And then you look at McLaren, another few tenths off that. Yeah. It's like, oh, they really botched it. And it's like, well, hang on, how can how can Mercedes recover that much time, but we can't? Of course we can. All, yeah. all the teams have that capability. So, as you say, the order could be extremely different come the summer. Yes, yes. It's it's now it's it's this year is a development race, basically. Who who develops yeah. the car fastest and spends their tokens and their budget cap wisely? Um like you say, there's you know stuff on Twitter. I've picked up a few tweets to sort of read out here. Uh, one from Randy Singh. Now he's the uh, uh, one of the aerodynamicists at McLaren. Well done, team. The amount of grit, training, and hard work put in by the, these athletes and those supporting them in the design and analysis and help kind of be underestimated. Well deserved. Um, we're talking about the um, the pit stops um, that have improved, um, which we'll get on to in a minute. Uh, Owen Davis says, from the issues that we had in testing in Bahrain to P7, that's a comeback. I'm a very proud McLaren fan, fearlessly forward, of course. Uh, And then we've got one from Mark Taylor. Still a lot of questions to answer about the track and racing in Saudi, but please, everyone was okay. Looking forward to Melbourne and some early alarm calls. So, you know, there's, there's, there's a good few people out there on Twitter being quite sort of positive about McLaren and um, looking forward to the next race and stuff like that. Um, but let's talk about pit stops. One of my favourite subjects. Um, I think so I, just, well. so I just mute myself now for the next 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll just ramble on for a bit. Um, I, yeah, I think most people who've listened to this podcast for uh, certainly for the last couple of seasons since we started will know that I, you know, I was a real stickler for getting our pit stops fast. Uh, you know, I'm not talking about 1.9 seconds or anything like that or breaking records, but, you know, when you're, when you're fighting for points or if you're fighting for wins, those pit stops can actually, you know, cost you um, points, wins and everything else. So what I'm really over the moon about is that we got a 1-2 in the fastest pit stops this weekend. Not only that, we got the fastest pit stop in Bahrain the weekend before. The consistency is the bit that I'm absolutely over the moon with. 
the, the times will, will come down and other people will get close to us. But if we can keep that consistency through the season for those, you know, 2.4 second pit stops, we're doing something really right there. And, you know, um, I'm not taking any credit for that because obviously, uh, you know, I've uh, got no influence on that really, but it's good to see it does every time that we do a good pit stop, then, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, this is great. This is really good. Um, let's be realistic. You know, things can go wrong in pit stops. Wheel guns can get stuck. Um, you know, there's going to be some slow ones in the season, but if we can get that consistency where 95% of our pit stops over the season are, you know, two and a half seconds, then we're in a really good place. I'm going to not rant now. <laughs> no, very well said. Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, and it's just enough. It's it's one of those things that can go wrong rather than almost can go right. So, um, as you say, that like consistent getting them getting them right, getting all the wheels on. But when you get the time down as well, when you've got both of those things together, you. I think you've said before, we'd rather have 3.5 pit stops if all the wheels are on. But to get both together at once, then, yeah, absolutely, hands down, well done to everyone at the team that's obviously worked on those over the uh, over the winter, learned how to deal with these new larger wheels and tyres, which everyone's talking about, they're much heavier. So uh, some very, um, very long hours in the gym, I'm sure, making yeah. sure that they can get those tyres on and off. Well, yeah, and um, also they're very different to... Uh the size and the weight of what we had previously. So there's obviously been a lot of work there. And then, yeah, you know, that's that's a really good sort of place for us to be. Let's, you know, let's let's shout about our positives, given that other things aren't quite going our way just at this minute. Um, yeah, so, yeah, just I'm very over the moon about that. Um, um yeah, a couple of last few things on the uh, on the agenda here is um, uh, just a, a quick point, really, just back on the wheels and stuff like that. How great do our Google wheels look? <laughs> Every time that we had a side on shot on the on the thing, I was like, that looks brilliant. That looks fantastic. Um, I, you know, I think McLaren should make a T-shirt with the wheel and the logo <laughs> thing on it. Powered by Android or whatever it says or something like that. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get more more uh, clothing through the year when they when they add Google to the uh, to the branding on the shirt that you're um, modelling there for yourself as well. Yeah, yeah. Sure I noticed that, that on some of them it's replaced the Dell technologies and they've put Android on there on some of them. There. Oh yes, yeah. So yeah, so a significant sponsor, which is great. Um. And I guess the the other thing, two races in now to these new regulations, and um, wow, they're making a huge difference, aren't they? They are. We're seeing great racing now. You know, I was watching uh, the the battle between Max and Charles was enthralling to watch. Now, obviously, um, we can we've got the the cars can follow a lot closer. And you could see this sort of like tactical battle of who was going to, you know, trying not to get to the DRS line first and things like that. Um, but yeah, then you've got sort of um, Max chasing down uh, Charles Leclerc, like a, a whippet chasing a hare around a greyhound track for a couple of laps. Um, and then sort of obviously 
passing passing him near the end of the race. But it was great to watch, and more of that would be fantastic. It does seem that we're not going to get that case of where a car in front can just fly away and get a 20-second gap because they're in clean air and everyone else is stuck behind. Um, and it'd be nice when, I think, you know, once once we've gotten these couple of tracks out of it, because Australia is a bit more difficult to overtake as well, and we get to somewhere that where a bit more overtaking can happen, um, yeah, I'd like to see what can kind of go there, you know, sort of, um, yeah, you know, there'll be a few tracks that come up where we can see a bit more overtaking, a bit more sort of battles in the midfield and at the front. Uh, what 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 are your thoughts on that sort of the regulation changes so far? I mean, a lot of people in the paddock seem to be sort of praising about them and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the most telling shot um, the from from Jeddah especially was through sector one. We're we're on the rear wing looking back from Charles Leclerc at Max Verstappen. When we've seen these shots before, you'd see. Max sort of getting loose, losing time, hand over fist through that kind of those kind of corners through sector one. He wasn't losing; he nearly lost the rear once. You know, he had one moment, but it wasn't you know, anything unexpected. Um, he was able to follow pretty closely, and that's a massive win, as you say. We um, let's take away the sort of shenanigans over after you into the to the final hairpin. It was, as you say, it was great to watch, and same with the um, the Alpine cars going hammer and tongs at each other early in the race, early doors. We're seeing these these great battles and as you said, they're lasting all the way around the track. Um, you know, they're not getting one shot at a pass and then having to call the tyres off for three laps and and get out of that that airflow. They can sit right behind them, put the constant pressure on. And that's what we want to see, a, a battle over three, four, five laps um, lasting and punch and counter punch. So yeah, it's a massive win so far, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And I think, you know, I think there's, if we see more of that at the front and in the midfield, I think we're going to have an exciting season. Um, I think, you know, we might find some of the tracks that were pretty boring before become slightly more exciting to watch. Um, yeah, and, you know, I know it's still early days, but yeah, you know, if we've got a season where we've got a lot of close racing, then all, I'm all for it. Um and yeah, I mean, I hope that uh, nobody figures out how to kind of do some sort of dirty air out of the back or anything else like that. I think the fact that they've had Ross Braun and the sort of FIA, FIA, F1 sort of side of things helping along with this sort of changes has probably helped because obviously, you know, he's uh, been in charge of some rather special cars in his time. Um, so, you know, yeah. he's a loophole, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, yeah, just on our final point on the sort of agenda for tonight, um, you you'd mentioned about the ra- the new race director, and you wanted to mention something around that. Yeah, so you touched on it last week with the um, you know, Nils Vitich is his name. He, he, he turned up in Bahrain, um, absolutely bamboozled everyone by saying the white line's the limit, and instead of going at turn three and four, he said no around the whole track. And everyone just applaud, uh, applauded this this great decision that this white line that's been painted on every track for years is suddenly the the track <laughs> limit. But I think um, we saw a, a bit of it, a bit more, um, a bit more battles than we in, in Jeddah 
And, and again, we saw a little bit of this new, okay, if, if a position is gained um, illegally, we're not going to get involved. We're going to let the drivers decide. Um, and I think the first possible test of that was the, the Perez science who came out of the pit first incident. And um, obviously we heard the radio from Red Bull saying, okay, you, you, you have to give the place back. Whether that was intervened by the FIA, by the stewards, sorry, turned around saying that to Red Bull to pass the message on, we, we don't know now because um, they've said we're trying to communicate less. Um, but it was the, but do it after the restart bit. I was a bit like, okay, that's a bit sketchy. If you've got to give a position back, surely you've got to do it, not when it suits you, but the first first opportunity. So yeah. I wonder whether we might see a bit more of that in the coming races, whether they might say, okay, we, we clocked you doing that and we, we're now going to head that off and slight, you know, talk, talk to these drivers a bit more and these teams and, and we'll see a changing of the guard a bit more substantially. Yeah, I think on, on that Perez uh, science um, uh, incident, the I think they mentioned in commentary that they weren't sure whether you could give a place back during the safety car because of uh, deemed to be overtaking and that's not allowed and whether they'd get like a double penalty for that. And even if they went, well, we were given a place back, there's the reason the safety car is out there for safety mm-hmm. and another car overtaking another car makes it slightly unsafe. So I wonder if that's the reason why they didn't do it until after the restart. Um, but it would be good to have some clarity on that, wouldn't it, of, of what actually happened. But I think, yes, a, st- a stronger race director seems to be what we're getting and what we need. And like you, I was, you know, over the moon that you went, the racetrack is the white lines because that's what we've painted. And it's like, yes, yes. finally, it's not four metres past it because you go a bit wide and stuff. Yeah, so... Um, when Mick had his crash as well, you know, getting him on the scene, um, seeing him going, going over that, and you, you got to see a bit more of him about doing his his day-to-day job um and again just great to see he's he's taken to it extremely well because this is only his second race in formula one obviously we know he's come from is it is it nils that's come from world endurance or is he the dtm i'm not sure which like, one, by the way he's, yeah. he's done racing before so he knows the ins and outs but uh yeah. but to come into formula one the what we class as what most people class the pinnacle of motorsport that's a high pressure role and he seems to have taken to it very well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree completely. And uh, yeah, I think a lot of people are waiting to catch them out because of what happened with Massey last year. But you know, there's, there's the more stronger races that he has, the less people will think about it. So yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's, that's great. I think, uh, yeah, it's not been our best start of the season, but we've, slightly getting back on track what do you think about upcoming in Australia do you think we'll get some points there how do you think we'll fare Lando was very positive he sounded positive about Australia he said this one that that might suit us a bit more again and they've changed reprofiled a lot of the corners to be a a bit or a lot faster Um, added some some banking as well which should should help us Um, he, he identified the high and medium corners as our strengths and very much the, the slower corners being our weakness. So again, there's a few slow corners on that track, 
um we it's it's great isn't it we don't know we yeah. just don't know yeah, um exactly. my my ambitions might remain the same for the team you know we we hope that we can get into to q2 at the moment i think we can we can um relatively accurately say that's what we'll be hoping for in australia and if we get um into q3 then absolutely celebrate it yeah absolutely i, I totally agree uh yeah and on that note that's all we've got time for this week um thanks for joining us perry it's been a pleasure hopefully we'll have you back on again soon uh and we'll be another mclaren fans podcast after the australian race and um until then enjoy watching the motor racing and uh any questions or comments just give us a shout on twitter thanks very much cheers perry